want to welcome those who are worshiping worshiping with us or listening to this as well through LifeGate Outreach TV and uh, also through our podcasts. I want to say the Lord will bless you and reach you where you are in Jesus' name. We are today looking at the kingdom lifestyle of confidence. Somebody say confidence. confidence. You see, one thing we must know is that the lifestyle that God wants us to embrace in different ramifications are for us to be able to have an effective walk in this life. And I chose one of my most favorite pictures of all time to depict this today. That picture shows a cat that is looking into a mirror. But you see, what he sees about himself is very different from what everybody else would see. You and I are seeing a cat. He sees that mirror and he sees a lion. This is exactly what kingdom confidence is all about. The ability for us to see ourselves the way God wants us to see us. Hallelujah. A cat that looks into a mirror as a child of God that looks into the mirror of the word of God and only sees himself is making light of what God is actually seeing of him. Now I know that is just a funny picture, but the reality is that that is exactly how it is in the spirit. God wants us to look at his word at every time. Because godly confidence is a state of faith or assurance in God. Now, confidence is just having assurance, okay? So you can have confidence in many things. But we, as children of God, must choose deliberately, intentionally to have confidence in God. You can have confidence in your job. You can have confidence in your passport. You can have confidence in your country of origin. You can have confidence in your lineage. You can have confidence in your business. You can have confidence in your spouse. Now, whilst all those things are not bad in themselves, they should not be the reason for your existence. The reason for your existence must be having a confidence in God, whereby you look at the word of God and it allows you to see yourself the way God wants you to see yourself. Praise the Lord. Now, when, when you have that kind of confidence, people may laugh at you. If that cat was telling everybody around him, you know, I see myself a lion. I see myself the king of all beasts. Do you know other cats around him who don't see the same thing will just simply laugh? In fact, they will think he has gone crazy. This is exactly how confidence plays out in the spirit. When you are declaring your stand as a child of God with confidence in the word of God and the provisions of the scriptures for you, be ready for the insults of men. When Nehemiah had his confidence in his God, in Nehemiah chapter 2, and he was rebuilding the walls, and Sambalat and Tobias, who did not see the same thing, and as a matter of fact, were willing to destroy his little efforts, were mocking him and say, what are you building? If only a little fox goes on this thing, it will crumble. Because as far as they are concerned, they are the experts of construction. They understand stability of structures. They know what makes a structure stand. So from what they can see and analyze, they see a person who has no clue that what he's building has no no chance to stand. But a man who has his confidence in God, that Nehemiah was, did not allow their their thoughts and their talks to intimidate him. Praise the Lord. He said, the Lord our God, Nehemiah 2.20, he will prosper us. Somebody say confidence in God. So you must, this must be your lifestyle. A child of God must have confidence in God at all times. And from time to time, I'll be asking for this picture to be brought up just to reinforce this message today. But I want us to start today by reading 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read together. Thank you. But we all with what? Unveiled face, beholding him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are what? Being transformed into the same image from what? Glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. There are many things here. First thing is that we must have unveiled faces. The Bible talks about the God of this world that blinds the minds of the unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He said it is the God of this world that has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. So we are not a people that have a veiled face. If we also behave like the people with veiled faces, we cannot see the transformation from glory to glory that God wants us to see and experience. Praise the Lord. So we must continue to pray against every veiling, every covering. And then we behold him as in a mirror. The word of God is the mirror of God. Every time, I have told you this so many times, every time you read the word of God, it should tell you, first thing is what God, who God is, what God expects of you, and where you are. And then it tells you the possibility and shows you the possibility. When you have doubts about healing, the more you read about healing and divine health in the word of God, you first know that God is the God and the author of divine health. And then you continue to believe. Your faith continues to rise because you know that it is by God. And then God lets you see the things that you need to do to believe. As you see the different dimensions of people who believe and they receive divine help. So we must understand that we are beholding him and then we become as it were being transformed into the same image. And so suddenly, you will start to see yourself very differently from how the world sees you, yourself. Even from the way you used to see yourself. How many people know that confidence can grow? Confidence can grow. It starts, and then the more you meditate on the thing that you have confidence in, the more it grows. That is why I said you must let your confidence be in God alone. Because many times people have put their confidence in the systems of this world and have only found out after a long time that those systems could not deliver what they expected. How many people have received a letter of appointment that said this is a permanent appointment? And then three years down the line, they said the job no more exists. How many people have heard such stories? There is nothing permanent appointment. The only difference is that one was called contract from the beginning, which means that that was clear, that it was going to be a contract. The other one they called permanent, it only means that they did not know when it can end. So they called it permanent. But the truth is it can still end. (laughs) Have you ever seen anybody take people to court and say, you told me I had a permanent contract? They say, yes, that was if the job was existing. Now the job is no more existing, so we can't do anything. (laughs) hallelujah so there is nothing that a man can do and call permanent only God can make something permanent only God is the strong refuge he is the strong tower he is our rock hallelujah and so having understanding like this helps us to live this kind of lifestyle that makes us a purposeful kingdom people the more we look into the mirror of the world we develop a confidence in God about who he is and whom he has made us We must keep that confidence and we must be patient. You see, there is a way that God patiently transforms. 
the, the act of having our lives transformed is a continual progress. In process, it's a work in progress. And every time you see yourself against the standard that God wants for you, it shows you where you are. In different aspects, some of us are in different places. Some of us have a better understanding about how to relate with other people. Thank God for that measure. Some of us have a better understanding of how to manage our finances. Thank God for that understanding. Some of us have a better perspective of the word of God, of how to live in divine health, divine wealth, and all these things. Thank God for that understanding. All those things are like a scale. And you need to always go into the word of God. See where you are. Everyone has a standard up there. But you and I and in our various aspects of lives have relative places where we have reached. Some of us have better self-control than others. Some of us cannot control ourselves when it comes to anger and bitterness and things like that. It gets you very quickly. That means you are still very low in that scale. Because the ultimate purpose for your life is for you to be a self-controlled person who has mastery over it. So you should not kill yourself over whatever shortcoming you find in yourself, but rather you submit it to God and ask that as you continually go as in the mirror, you behold the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is his presence. The glory of the Lord is his help. He helps you to be transformed into the same image, hallelujah, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. He said, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has what? When you have confidence in God, you enjoy the rewards that come with it. Everyone who experienced confidence, who expressed confidence in God got a reward. Check them all out. Was it Esther? Confidence in God got rewarded. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Confidence in God got rewarded. David. Confidence in God, God rewarded. Daniel, confidence in God, God rewarded. Joseph, confidence in God, God rewarded. Everyone who expressed their assurance that God is the author of their salvation and their confidence is in him, God rewarded. So the Bible says, therefore, do not cast away. Because if there is anything the devil will want you to do part time is to lose your confidence. How many people have heard the statement, I have lost my confidence in that person. I've lost my confidence in that business. I have lost my confidence because once you lose your confidence, there is nothing that helps you to get to the reward that that thing can bring again. Now we can lose confidence in people. We can lose confidence in the things of this world because truly they may have failed us and there's no point continuing to have any even natural confidence in them. That is fine. But never ever lose your confidence in God. He said, therefore, do not cast away because you and I have a potential to cast away when tides are rough at times. You will not cast away your confidence in God in the name of Jesus. Verse 36 says, for you have need of what? Endurance or patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may do what? Receive the promise. There is a promise at the end of every confident, at the end of life of every confident person. There is a promise that is awaiting you to be received every time you express your confidence in God. God is the finisher of every work in us. God always finishes every work he starts because every work God starts, he has already finished before he started. When God said, let there be light, he saw light. 
He, that is why he knew what light was. And when he said, let there be, he was only simply calling to, thing, to, to being those things that were not as though they were because he has already seen that they are. Hallelujah. So when God says to you that you are his chosen generation, you are his royal priesthood, don't keep looking at your life today and keep wondering how is that ever going to reconcile. Have your confidence in God and watch him. Philippians 1.6 Watch him who began that great work in you to bring you into a place of salvation. Make you confident of this very thing. Let's read it. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The day of Jesus Christ is either of the day you go to meet him or the day he comes to meet us here. One of the two. The day you and I go to meet him or the day he comes to meet us here. That is the day of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that day will be the ultimate. But he who has begun the good work in you will complete it. Tell your neighbor for me. Remain confident. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So the Lord must be our confidence. Proverbs 3.26 the Lord must be our confidence. He said, for the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. When you have this mentality and this understanding, you carry yourself differently. Now, before I go on, confidence has nothing to do with pride. Nothing. In fact, it is the complete opposite of pride. When you have confidence in God, like we were talking last week, you walk in meekness. You understand the greatness of God at work in your life. You understand the anointing of God upon your life. You understand the grace of God upon your life. And so you walk in humility rather than in pride. Because you realize that without him you can do nothing. Hallelujah. So never ever when we, some of us were growing up and some of the understandings that we got from scripture those days. People were afraid to talk about having confidence People were afraid to talk about, in the believers' folk, having uh, to talk about people being self-confident in God. They were afraid to talk about it because it usually goes very closely. It's a very fine line that separates it from pride. So we are not talking about pride here. Pride is a total disregard for God whilst expecting that the capacity that you have in you is self-sufficient. That is what pride is. Confidence is the complete opposite. It's a total reliance on God, saying that I can be nothing without him. Praise the Lord. So you see the difference? The Lord will be your confidence. I said the Lord will be your confidence. And he will keep your foot from being caught. When we were at the power tower today, I was privileged to share there and I was saying that the work of the devil has always been to steal, to kill, to destroy. He is looking for your feet and my feet. Every time. This is his work. And he will keep doing his work till Jesus comes. But the Bible says when the Lord is your confidence, the Lord himself will keep your foot from being caught by the enemy. I said that will be your portion in Jesus' name. So we need to have continual access to this confidence because we are people who fear the Lord. Proverbs 14, 26. He said, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. When you fear God, the more you fear God, what does fear, fear of God mean? 
Does it mean that we walk about as a people who are afraid to lift up our heads and because we want to show that we, we have the fear of God? No. It simply means that in our heart of hearts, we have a total reverence for God that we always want to please him. We always want to do his will. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, For this is the whole duty of man, to fear God and to keep his commandments. So when you fear God, you are by right. Say by right. A confident person. Because the Bible says, in the fear of the Lord, there is what? I want you to read it. In the fear of the Lord, there is what? Strong confidence. And his children will have what? A place of refuge. There is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. This is why when you are a person with confidence in God, you must not be afraid of what everybody else is afraid of. Something is wrong, and I repeat, something is wrong anytime. The thing that makes everybody else who is outside the fear of the Lord afraid and perturbed make in believers also afraid. You will no longer be afraid. I say you will no longer be afraid. In the name of Jesus. So we must understand. God wants us to keep having confidence in him. Having confidence in man. As opposed to having confidence in God. Brings a curse. I want to emphasize this very much. Because many times we say we have confidence in God. But the reality is we are having more confidence in man. Than in God. Many many times. And you see, a curse is a force, just like a blessing. They are both forces. A curse empowers the person to fail. It's a counterforce that empowers the person to fail. A blessing is an enabling force that empowers the person to succeed. So when God said to Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. It means I release the power for you to succeed. That's why Abraham succeeded to generations till today. Because a blessing is a force that works on your behalf, pushes you, supports you, attends to you to succeed. That's what a blessing is. A blessing is not, every time people say money, they get 50 pounds, 100 pounds, say I was blessed. That that is a raindrop. (laughs) That's not a blessing. Thank God for it. It's a good gift. But you know, a blessing is a strong, unseeable force that is attending to your matters per se, per se, making sure that you cannot fail. If you turn it around, a curse does complete opposite that. A curse makes it impossible for anyone who is trying to succeed to succeed. That is why the Bible says the very first thing that Jesus did is that he took away our curse. Hallelujah. Because with the curse placed on man, there is no hope for man. No hope. So don't let anybody tell you again that, oh, it is written in Genesis that in the sweat of your brow, you will, you will eat your food. That is a curse that has been removed. I said it has been removed. Yeah. Of course, you and I must walk so that we eat, but we are not walking to eat because of that curse. No, we are simply obeying a covenant law that allows us to continue to engage with the forces of nature through work that yields the productivity of nature. 
If you want crops from the ground, you till the ground. You don't go to, have you seen a farmer stand by the farm side? I say, prepare, people, maize, come out, maize, come out. Rice, rice, rice. Sha, 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 sha. Rice, rice. No. <laughs> he brings his implements, he tills the ground, puts the sand, now puts the seed in, and then the thing grows. Because it is a law of nature. But you see, there are forces that go beyond those actions that make the rain come. No farmer can make the rain come. The children of Israel are wonderful people. 1998, I was in Israel, and I heard that they tried a project called cloud seeding. People don't know the Israelis are just a character. They are just a wonderful people. Every time you read about them in Bible, there's nothing that's changed about them. Even the physical Israel today, they are still as problematic. They are still the same people who always believe that they are unique, and truly God helps them. One day they got an idea that they can make rain happen. I tell you, they call that process cloud seeding. And it is a process whereby they put silver nitrate because they found that when silver nitrate is in the atmosphere, it allows the ions in, in, in clouds to come together. So if clouds are scattered all over the place, you can't have rain. You notice that? You know that? If there are sparse, you can't. But the moment they come together, rain happens. So they got an idea that let us fly many planes in the atmosphere and spread this silver nitrate. <laughs> and you know, they went. God gave them the capacity to do so. They actually went and they saw the clouds coming together because it was a natural a scientific reaction. But God, to prove to them that he was still superior, he made sure that the clouds came together, no one drop of rain fell. <laughs> because only he can make the rain fall. So he said, you this my children, I give you wisdom, but many times you don't understand. Okay, go and fly all your planes. So they flew all those planes and did everything, and they came back down, and the clouds were coming together like that. But after some time, they waited and waited, found that there was no rain, and it cost them so much money. America supported them as well in the project, as I was told. <laughs> because America was hoping that if it works, you come and fly them in our country. <laughs> So they gave up. Since that time, they have not been flying their planes for cloud seeding anymore. What am I trying to say? When you do what God says you should do, the blessing works for you. And the confidence that you must have in God is that there are forces that will bring the rain, that will make the ears to bud, that will make the fruit to come out. There are many things that will happen as long as you have your confidence in God. Hallelujah. But the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5, he said, when a man does not put his trust in God, it is more of a cursing. Let's read together. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. This is why our fifth core objective as a church is carefully worded. Trust. Our trust is in God. We trust in God and we trust one another because it is the relationship that we have that helps us to trust one another. Praise the Lord. But we don't trust in one another. Don't trust in me. I am not trusting in you. I trust you. Trust me. But together let us trust in God. Hallelujah. Because trusting in man brings a curse. And like I said, a curse, like a blessing works to enhance the work of your hands. A curse actually works to dispel it, works to frustrate it. You will not be frustrated. 
But look at what will happen to a person who puts his trust in man. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see when good comes. Even good will be knocking at the door like this because the curse is at work. He can't see. He said, but shall inherit the parched places, the dark places in the wilderness. The places, you know parched land? Land that whether you put all the possible, is barren. There is nothing you can do about it. Irrigate it. Put fertilizer. There is nothing you can plant there that can grow. That is a parched land. A forgotten land. That is where a person who is under, under a curse will inhabit. You will never be under a curse. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He said in a salt land which is not inhabited. It is serious. But look at the man who is blessed. The man who has his trust in God. Verse 7. Let's read together. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. That is who has his confidence in the Lord. And whose hope is what? In the Lord. Let's look at what will happen. Let's read verse 8 very clearly and claim it for yourself. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Which spreads out its roots by the rivers. And will not fear when heat comes. But his leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. He said he will not fear when heat comes because heat will come. Heat will come. This Brexit that people are talking about over cups of coffee and just talking, doing deal or no deal. It will bring some heat at some point. There's no way. We have entered a process that will bring some heat. It's not a negative prophecy. But things cannot remain the same. But you and I must understand that when that heat comes, it is the blessing that will keep us like people planted by the rivers of living waters. That's why the psalmist later on said that it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters whose leaves wither not but brings forth its fruit in due season. Psalm 1. Verse 1 to verse 3. Hallelujah. Let your trust and your confidence always be in God. When you have your trust in God, you are never afraid. The Bible says, what can man do to me? I put my trust in God. To say people will not talk about you or people will not seek to do you harm is a misnomer. It's a very, very wrong statement. And it should never be said. Because people will talk about you. People will dislike you. The devil will use people to gang up against you. There is nothing you can do about it. But one thing you must understand is that when you are a person who has your confidence and your trust in God, there is nothing the gathering together of evil can do in your life and against your life. In the name of Jesus. Every day I pray a prayer of scattering the confederacy of wickedness against God's people in this place. Because I know that there are people who want to take your jobs. I know there are people who want to take your positions. There are people who want to take your marriages. There are people who want to, who just hate you for no reason. It is not usually them. It is orchestrated from the demonic realm. Have you ever seen a person you just don't know what you have smiled at them, you have laughed with them, you have done everything, you have sent them Christmas card, you hardly sent Christmas card, but for them you bought and sent and yet they just don't want to see your face. It is coming from a demonic realm that is beyond them. But you must never let such things intimidate you or make you afraid or make you compromise. Rather, keep putting your trust in God. I say your trust in God will cause you to overcome. 
in the name of Jesus. This is why we must keep going boldly. Hebrews 4.16. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. David's confidence was not in the arm of the flesh, but in the Lord. When he faced his battles, many battles, he will ask, Lord, should I pursue? Should I not? When he came to the Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17, Saul and all the people were afraid because these people were putting their trust in the realms of the things of men. How do we know? When Saul saw David, what did he give him? Did he say, I know God will help you? Was that the first thing Saul said? No. He said, take my armor. Now, if he knows that that armor works and that armor has the power is confessing. Why didn't he wear it and go and meet Goliath? <laughs> Ask yourself. <laughs> if he knows that that armor was so powerful, like he said, take this, my armor, go and use it. Why didn't he wear it and go and face Goliath? So this is how we must understand that the things of men are very, very, very limited. Somebody say foolishness of man. So if Saul knew that the garments... And the weapons of war he could wear, could protect, he should have used it. He knows that those things have nothing. But because his mind is limited anyway, he was still offering it. But thank God for David, a man who has confidence in God. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. When he first made that statement, they thought that he was talking in his own capacity. And then he began to explain. But let's quickly go to verse 37. Then moreover, David said, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Moreover, David said, my emphasis, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Hallelujah. And then suddenly Saul became born again. Let's read what he said. And Saul said, go and will be with you. So when you declare your God, people will accept your God with you. Don't be afraid to talk about your God. When your department is not doing well and things are happening and you say, boss, don't worry, God will help us. He said, what are you talking about? He said, God will help us. When it happens, he will tell you that your God is a good God. <laughs> he said, the Lord. David did not stand there like some of us we do in our day and age. You say, you know, king, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an expert. I, there, there was this time, there was a, a lion was just coming. I just took it by the neck and twisted the neck. In the <laughs> and then I was just relaxing, having another cup of coffee. And then the bear was coming and I just took it. And I, I just strangled the neck. That's, that's my specialty, king. I'm an expert in these things. Just don't worry. <laughs> That would have been the last day he would talk like that. <laughs> Goliath would have used him to eat his dinner that night. <laughs> but the man said, look, the Lord delivered me from a lion. The Lord delivered me from a bear. That same God will deliver me. I want you to know every testimony you have is a weapon in your hand. When the devil brings the next challenge, put your confidence in God and say, it was my God who saved my job that time. He will save it again. It was my God who saved my marriage that day. He will save it again. It was my God who provided for me that day. He will provide again. In the name of Jesus. You know something? 
The lion and the bear may not be as big as Goliath, but it is still the same God. If God has ever given you 50 pounds before, nothing stops him from giving you 5,000. I said nothing stops him from giving you 50,000. If he has ever blessed you before, the next time the devil threatens you and says you cannot make it, you say no. The Lord who provided for me before, he will provide for me again. In the name of Jesus. Express your confidence in God every time. Refuse to be intimidated. David said moreover, the Lord will deliver me. And the Lord delivered him indeed. So when we have confidence in God, we stand. (laughs) Psalm 20 verse 7, the same David said this. He said, some may trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They They have bowed down and fallen, but we will, we have risen and stand upright. When we have confidence in God, we we rise and we stand upright. I say we will keep rising and stand upright. In the name of Jesus. I want you to know, never put your confidence in anything. You can bring a car out of the showroom like this with five miles on it as the, as the mileage. And it can stop. And they tell you it has warranty for five years. You can drive it down the road and you find it just chugging, chugging. <laughs> it can happen. Because there is nothing about the system of man that is perfect. When I am about to board a plane and uh, the pilot is saying, I am I'm captain, so, 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 person, as ever, as I call his name and I hand him over to God. I don't care if you have been flying for 20 years. For, for today, I'm on this flight, God must take over. <laughs> because I don't care if you have done 15 years or 20 years. Because you may just find that the, the problem you have never encountered before happens on that day. So I thank God for those people and I thank God for doctors. I thank God for people who impact directly into our lives like that. But one thing we must know. Friends, I want you to know that professionals are not always sure about what they do. There are many times we provide solutions that we just use the whim of experience and then we, those of us who are spiritual will commit it to God's hand. Eh? I deal with buildings, structures in tr- problematic places. You don't know what is in the ground. Somebody brings a report. They say they have done one investigation and this part has clay. This one has sand. That one has... And they say put a building on it. And then you use experience to just assume that there will be a place where everything will work together. And thousands of people will go into that kind of building. It takes God to help you. It takes God to hold it up. The same way, some doctors, with all due respect to our doctors and doctors everywhere, some doctors will tell you, you are suffering from, you know those, they are big, big grammar. They say that's what you are suffering from. But they are not sure. They are not sure. They, they are just using statistics and experience to tell you. And then you take that name and you are going all over the place. They were you suffering from. He said, they told me I'm suffering from. And the man who told you or the woman is not sure. But he has to tell you you are suffering from something because you have been disturbing <laughs> every time you go, come, go, come. So they have to tell you you are suffering from something. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sure our doctors will forgive me. But, <laughs> but you must not let that kind of thing make you lose your confidence in God. Because the Lord is your healer. The Lord is your strong confidence. In the name of Jesus. Let us know very quickly, I'll round up on these two things. Two things that we must do to develop our confidence in God. Tell your neighbor for me, number one, renew your mind. By meditation on the word of God. You have stopped talking. Say, renew your mind. 
by meditation on the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart. Joshua 1 it shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Then you have good success. Romans 12 2 says, Do not be conformed to the world, don't be conformed to the senses of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you read the word of God, it shows you things that the systems of this world cannot show you. First Timothy chapter 4. When you renew your mind, verse 13, Paul said to Timothy, till I come, give attention to what? To reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Verse 15 says, meditate on these things, give yourselves entirely to them, that your progress may be what? Evident to all. When you are a person who has found a place of productive meditation, people will see your progress by God's mighty hand. I say it will be evident to all. In the name of Jesus. Your testimony will not be a secret testimony. It will not be a hidden testimony. It will be a testimony that people will see and say of a truth. God helps him. I say God will be evident in your life. In the name of Jesus. So we cannot overemphasize the place of meditation. Meditation changes your mindset. It changes your language. There are certain things you would naturally just say. But when you meditate and meditate and meditate... You will not say those things in the way you would have naturally said it, but you will say it in the way God wants you to say it. So that takes me to the second point. You need to embrace godly perspective. Tell your neighbor for me, embrace godly perspectives and declare your victory. Every time you must understand. When we say declare victory, you must be praying a declarative prayer. Declaring who God says you are. When you meditate on the word, you are declaring, you are confessing. When, God, when David looked at Goliath, Goliath said, am I a dog that you come to me with stones? And David said, you come to me with swords and spears, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. The armies of the host of the armies that you are defiling today. So what you have meditated on must change your perspective. What you see must be said. Every time, what you see in the spirit must be said. Every time I say, this church is going to come to a time when if you are not here by 9.20, you will not be able to park here and you'll be parking on Stafford Street and Green Lane and all the streets around here. It's what I see that I'm saying. I am not saying what I see today. I am saying what I see in the spirit. That is the way you make war. David said, I will give your head to the birds of the air. And he did it at the end of the day. He saw what others were not seeing. Others saw themselves as vegetable and meat before Goliath. David saw Goliath as meat before his God. Whatever the challenge are, is or are in your life today, keep placing it in the context of God. Put back my picture of the cat. As you put it in the context of God, you will not, when you look at the word of God, you will not see yourself as a cat in front of that challenge anymore. You will start to see a lion that is ready to take up that challenge. You will start to see a greater you because God said greater is he that is in you than they that are in the world. That is how God will continue to help you to see in the godly way in Jesus name. Second Chronicles chapter 32, the Bible says concerning Hezekiah. The king of Assyria was attacking them. Hezekiah said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before the multitude that is with him. 
There are more with us. Somebody say, there are more with us. Than with him. Now, he's not talking about physical numbers. Look at what he said in verse 8. He said, with him, the, the king of Assyria is the arm of the flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people were what? Strengthened by the words of Hezekiah. They were not strengthened by the food that Hezekiah gave them. They were not strengthened by a display of uh, acrobatic uh, you know, prowess by Hezekiah. Just the words. This is why you must understand. In your family, you declare the right words. In your place of work, declare the right words. Don't, be, don't allow the devil to take the right words out of your mouth. The Bible says, Hezekiah still the people say, be strong, be courageous. There is a greater one that is fighting on our behalf. We are not ordinary. Every one of those, our young children downstairs, you must keep telling them from today, from, from this stage of their lives, that they are not ordinary. They are special. Not for them to feel arrogant, but for them to understand that there is something that works for them and with them that not everybody has. Only those who are named by the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah. May you continue to receive strength in the name of Jesus. Every time we have godly perspective, fear vanishes. Psalms 3 verse 6. Every time you have godly perspective, when you see God, every time you see fear, it means you have not seen God. Every time a situation makes you afraid, it means you have not seen God. Mark 4, 36 to 39. The the believers, the, the disciples were all seeing fear. They did not see God. They were seeing fear. They were seeing perishing. Jesus, who knows everything, said, this is Psalm 3 verse 6. He said what? I will not be afraid of what? 10,000 of people who have set themselves against me all around. Why? Because I have seen God. When you see God, you will not see fear. There are many steps you need to take in life. If you keep seeing fear, you will never take them. From today, you will overcome such fears. In the name of Jesus. The confidence that you will be exhibiting in God will grow from strength to strength. In the name of Jesus. Verse Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. It says, for we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. If you want to be a partaker, you must hold your confidence steadfast to the end. The devil will shake your confidence. It grows from level to level. When you are confident at this level, you will be happy. Any challenge that comes under that level is a walkover. It's a child's play. But when challenges come at this level, you need to grow in confidence again. Do you understand me? That is how it is. Because when they come at that level where you have not reached yet, they will make you afraid. But when you look into that mirror again, and God lets you to see a, a fatter lion with a bigger ear and bigger eyes. Then you grow beyond that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The more you look into the word of God, the more the faith will grow in you. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some things have been dropped into your spirit, man, today. Don't let go of them. Go and meditate on them. That challenge you have been afraid of, that exam you have been afraid to write, that thing that you have been afraid to do, that business you have been afraid to start, that person you have been afraid to go and minister to or reach out to, that person you have been afraid to go and pray to. Well, well.